morning. Guys, welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I'm Megan Pistetto. We have all had such a busy and exciting week. We had a very special party in the Facebook group on Wednesday night with a very special guest. If you weren't there, you definitely missed out. Make sure you join the Facebook group, So Dramatic Podcast, ASAP, so you don't miss out on the next special event that we will be holding and all the exclusive tea that I drop in there on the daily as well. The Facebook thread that we do for each episode is in my eyes, honestly, more exciting than the actual show. And a lot of people have said that as well. If you know, you know, we get over a thousand comments in there, which is just wild. My favorite comment from the thread on Thursday night, there were, there were so many sassy one-liners. It was honestly hard to choose just one favorite. I'm not even going to try to take credit for this one either because it is just too fucking funny. It was, Lockie is 100% one of those dudes who would be like, no, babe, I don't like it with a condom. It doesn't feel the same. Let's do it without. I promise I'll pull out. Actually dead by that RIP me. This week on the show, I got a bit confused because I wasn't sure if I was watching The Bachelor or if I had accidentally changed the channel to Survivor by mistake. If my boyfriend took me on a white water rafting date, side note, if I had a boyfriend, lol, I would break up with him seriously. Every date is an extreme activity and it's pissing me off because that is honestly my idea of hell. These dates do not carry the Megan Pistetto seal of approval. Give me wine and cheese under a tree any day over climbing a fucking mountain bareback like no thank you. Channel 10, if you're listening and you want to punish me for all of the spoilers I've leaked this season, Don't even bother suing me. Just kidnap me and dump me somewhere in the outdoors and that will be punishment enough. So this week it was revealed that there's a competition for $50,000 to come up with the best new reality TV show. And I asked you guys for your ideas on Instagram and said that I would read out the best one here. My idea is called Super Spreader Island, where all the previous contestants from reality shows go to find true love and germs. My favorite one from you guys though was called Blue Tick Immunity. We send a bunch of influencers into COVID wards without masks and see how long they can survive. (laughs) Wow, I finally found someone more savage than myself. I will hand the crown over to this person's stat. I am nominating Amanda and Haley from Maths for this show. Sign them up ASAP. Speaking of maths, Carly Boyer had a good idea too. She said, a dinner party with rejects from Bachelor, Maths and Love Island. By the end of the dinner, contestants have to work out who's already slept with each other or dropped into their DMs. I don't know. It sounds good in theory, but I feel like that show would just end up in one big orgy and no network would be able to air it during primetime. Now, some breaking news. I am officially the new COVID. My podcast is spreading around the country faster than the coronavirus. I got a lovely mention on the Carl and Jackie O show again this week. Hey, does that girl that runs this podcast, is she single? 
I don't know, actually. Why? She spends a lot of time uh, thinking about other people's relationships. I'm just wondering, is she single herself or is she one of these, you know, is she obsessed in dating or what's her story? I think it's all reality shows that she has an interest in. So it's not oh, just so the she's dating. Single. Do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. If you're watching every reality show and doing podcasts about reality shows and doing everything and knowing everything about behind the scenes of reality shows, you've got no time for a relationship. Yeah, well, I'm going to ask Mayo, do you know Mayo? Yeah, she's single. I knew it. Oh, there you go. You did spot it then. Well done. She must spend a lot of time collecting information and asking and checking. She would. Yeah, she would for sure. But she has a lot of like uh, reality show contestants that she knows. So this is where she gets her information from. It's a good podcast. People are really into it. It's always interesting. Yeah. Yes, the rumors are true. I am single. And yes, sadly, I also have no life. You guys are my first and only priority. Hashtag pod before Rod. Now, I got another mention this week from Amanda Mikolaf, who has become my arch nemesis of sorts, but it was, of course, a little less glowing. No surprises there. She called me a sadistic, cold-hearted bitch and Satan walking on earth in a video on Instagram. I think she was trying to upset me and insult me, but look, it's really a compliment. It's a badge of honour I wear with pride. This podcast is about reporting on the drama and whoever is bringing the drama. So that is what I will continue to do. I guess I will see you all in hell. Now, coming up today, spoiler alert as always, lots of Bachelor bombshells to get through. It's seriously jam-packed episode. I am going to explain the hot mess that was Roxy's walkout, iconic walkout, and give you some much-needed context about Bella and Irina's mysterious fight because no one knows what the fuck is going on there. Actually, I will give you context about the whole show because basically the whole thing is just one big hot mess at the moment. And I also have exclusive details about Chelsea McLeod's upcoming Bachelor in Paradise debut and the surprising way she was cast for the show. And I also have more details about Lockie's super spreading antics during lockdown and it involves more past reality TV contestants. So there's more incest coming your way, guys, believe it or not. So much drama, such little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. So there is a lot of confusion right now about the drama that is going down on The Bachelor. None of it really makes sense. Channel 10 have been smoking COVID in the editing room again. So I'm going to do their job for them again and provide you all with some much needed context so that we're all on the same page and we can understand the show whilst watching. So bear with me while I clean up the hot messes in aisles four, five and six. Now, apparently food was at the centre of all conflict in the house. I've said it before and I will say it again. There is not enough sage in the world to protect me from the petty drama of this show. Charlie, Maddie and Marg were obsessed with food and claimed they were being starved by the producers and they were basically worried they were going to run out of food. So they made strict rules about who could eat what and when. A source tells me no one was allowed to eat anything different to what the group were eating or even go anywhere near the kitchen outside of the designated eating times. And if someone went to the kitchen, they would be yelled at and told they weren't allowed to eat that. 
So if you got hungry outside of these times, you would have to wait until 11 p.m. when everyone was asleep to go to the kitchen and eat. Wow, (laughs) savage. The kitchen dictatorship apparently got so bad that the girls had to eventually escort each other to the kitchen so they wouldn't be yelled at by Charlie, Maddie and Marg. They essentially needed backup just to go to the kitchen. That's why Caitlin said during her fight with Marg, if you guys remember, you want to talk about the food? Let's talk about the food. But I am told there was actually heaps of food in the mansion and the girls were living like kings. They were not starving. So there was two main incidents that occurred over the food. The first one, Charlie and Marg accused Juliet stealing food and told producers about it. The house minder then came into the room to check if they'd stolen the food, but apparently they found nothing. The second incident, Juliet had taken leftover food from catering that day from the set. She'd basically saved it for later, but she didn't put her name on it. And so Roxy went off at her and accused her of hoarding food and it turned into one big argument. Oh my God, oh my God. So there seems like there is a few mean girls this season. I mean, from what I hear, who wasn't a mean girl really? But apparently Roxy takes the crown this season. (laughs) She was the Regina George of the mansion, very fetch. And I guess not at all surprising considering the tantrums we've seen (laughs) unfold this season. I am told that the girls were so scared of Roxy, they did whatever they could to get on her good side and were too scared to confront her face to face for fear of being ostracized by the whole group. So my source says, everyone was scared to confront Roxy. If you went against Roxy, you would pay for it. The whole house would turn against you because no one wanted to deal with Roxy's wrath. (laughs) Look at what happened to Juliet. Juliet challenged Roxy and became the target. And then so everyone else did too. It was like walking on eggshells around Roxy because you were too scared about her blowing up at you. But behind her back, the girls were actually bitching about her, always crying and having tantrums, having a victim mentality. She would swear 24-7. She was negative to be around and made everything about her their words, not mine. Oh my God, oh my God. So as I revealed last week, Roxy walked out of the mansion. She (laughs) chucked a tanny and packed her bags and quit the show, Jamie Doran style, although she actually followed through with the walkout. Now, thank God, Channel 10 did not deprive us. They showed the walkout, finally. They're learning, they've been taking notes in class, guys. However, that walkout was over faster than a root in a brothel in my eyes and they should have stretched it out much longer because it actually went on for quite a few hours and they only showed a couple of minutes. So there is still a lot they missed. So while they're not completely depriving us, they are also not spoiling us. So I will continue to fill in the gaps for you. Some things that they did miss. So tensions have been building between Roxy and Juliet in the house before lockdown As we've seen, as I've explained, I am told that Juliet was scared of Roxy until she got home, where I guess she felt safe and that she could argue back with Roxy on Zoom now because (laughs) she had the safety of her computer screen to hide behind and the liquid courage of her fruity Lexia, which we saw play out on screen, thank God. When the girls returned to the mansion, everyone made a pact with each other to start things on a fresh slate, but... It didn't last long. Roxy starts having a go at Juliet and accuses her of being an actress. 
which Juliet scoffs at and ignores Roxy and basically doesn't give her any reaction. And this just annoys Roxy even more. Roxy asks Lockie to send Juliet home. He says he can't. Roxy blows up even more and is crying. And that's when Juliet says to Roxy, just please stop. Just let the producers go home. It's late. I think it was like 2 a.m. in the morning or something. There was then a fight in the bedroom, which they didn't show. In Channel 10's defense, the cameras had stopped rolling for the night. And that's where Juliet says to Roxy, we know you sleep with everyone. As I mentioned in the previous episode, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the details. Roxy then chases Juliet out of the room and Juliet runs away scared. I I would be too, given that her name is Ronda Rousey. Security jump in and have to hold Roxy back. Roxy gets so worked up that she leaves the mansion and a secret onset source tells me, apparently Roxy had a vendetta against Juliet from day one. She became obsessed with trying to bring her down. She was accusing her of not being sick, of eating the food, basically anything that she could think of. Zoe Claire also didn't like Juliet and screamed at her on the first night. However, it was never shown. Oh my God, oh my God. Another reason Roxy was so upset with Juliet was because of the explosive claims she made about her having a secret boyfriend during filming, as I went into last episode as well. I revealed that Juliet had been (laughs) eavesdropping on Roxy's doctor's meeting and had heard something that she then repeated to the other girls. The thing that she heard was Roxy asking to see her results from her GP before they were sent directly to the show's doctors. So Juliet heard this and she assumed that because of this, Roxy had been sleeping around during the lockdown. Now, some fresh intel. One of Roxy's neighbours has claimed that he saw guys coming in and out of Roxy's apartment during lockdown. Scandalous. Oh my God, oh my God. Speaking of lockdown filming, whilst the girls were sent home for two months, as I mentioned last episode in the Q&A, only two to three weeks of that was spent filming, but they were only paid for the days that they were actually filming and not the entire lockdown duration. So they were effectively left without any income for over six months because filming originally started at the end of January and they couldn't work during that time. So, I mean, except Irina, obviously, who made an exception and went back to work as a nurse because of the pandemic. But yeah, so they were left without any income for six months, which the girls were apparently fuming about. Oh my God, oh my God. So Roxy's appearance on the show almost wasn't meant to be. She cracked her head open on a metal ceiling fan just two weeks before filming was due to start. She was hospitalized and had 12 stitches to the head, which she had removed just a few days before she went to Sydney. She decided to keep the accident a secret from producers because she was too scared to tell them in case they cut her from the show completely for being a liability. So when she rocked up to filming, she still had cuts and bruises on her face, but she did manage to cover them up pretty well with makeup. Thank God for us because the season just would have been even more of a bore without Roxy. Like, can you imagine? Oh my God, oh my God. I have had a lot of messages asking me what the fuck is going on with Bella and Irina. Their feud just seemed to start out of nowhere, literally. I did foreshadow this in a previous episode and I didn't want to give too much away because I thought that they would show most of it 
but I may as well have spoiled it because again, Channel 10 have deprived us. It's one big hot mess. So I will do my Christian duty to unpack it for you guys now. So aside from the obvious underlying jealousy that Bella began to develop when she realized Lockie and Irina had a really strong connection and she realized that she couldn't remain friends with her biggest love rival. The catalyst for their fight is actually a body shaming incident. Irina told Steph that Bella had body shamed her. Steph then confronts Bella, who denies it, and then she confronts Irina and calls her a liar. Bella turns into a full savage. I guess there was an opening for the unhinged role after Roxy's departure and Bella saw an opportunity too good to pass up. And so Bella recruits a new gang of her own to go against Irina. She gets Izzy, Maddie, Beck and Steph to back her against Irina. And they all begin bitching, plotting and scheming against Irina, who is now iced out by the new Mean Girl clique and she becomes the new target. So they come up with a plan to tell Lockie just how bad Irina is. They want to tell him that she is manipulative and she's lied about stuff. They claim that she also made up a secret plan to destroy Izzy and Izzy attempts to tell Lockie the truth and throw Irina under the bus. So Bella essentially gets Izzy to do her dirty work for her, which Izzy was more than happy to do because she had barely any time on screen and she wanted to stay on the show. So this was her opportunity. They thought that Bella was going to win as well. So the girls decided to back Bella in an attempt to get in the good books with her because obviously the winner is the most famous after the show. Bella and Irina's feud continues until the very end of the season. So it got quite nasty and apparently it got so bad that the other girls didn't even want to be around them by the end of it. They were always trying to throw each other under the bus. And still to this day, they are no longer friends. Oh my God, oh my God. Now, a few of you have also pointed out that Bella and Irina don't follow each other on social media. And whilst it would seem like the obvious reason would be because of their feud, it actually has nothing to do with their feud. While they are on the show, contestants have to choose whether they follow every single girl on social media or no girls at all. That's just to stop speculation while they're on the show about who does and doesn't get along. But once they're off the show, they can do whatever they want in terms of who they follow. So Irina and Bella both aren't following any of the girls from the season. They both chose not to. And that's why Bella is also not following Beck, which a few of you have also pointed out. A few eagle-eyed fans have let me know. Oh my God, oh my God. Speaking of social media, Bella got herself into a bit of hot water this week over her behavior on Instagram. So her dad posted a picture on Father's Day that showed Beck spending the day with Bella's family, which in my eyes is a huge spoiler because the winner would never do that and would never post it on social media. Secondly, her friend influencer Jade Tunche also shared a video watching the show with Beck, Bella and Bella's mum, which again, the winner would never do. Bella was given a warning from Channel 10 for both of these infringements and she was punished. Yes, her punishment was that she didn't get her cocktail party photos, which a lot of you did notice too. So that's what Channel 10 uses to keep the girls in line. If they don't behave, they don't get their cocktail party photos. So 
anytime you see a girl not posting her photos, it's probably because she's in trouble. So that's what Channel 10 uses to keep the girls in line because they all know how much a, a social media savvy girl loves a professional photo of herself for the gram. And I think they're onto something because that would seriously be enough to keep me in line as well. Oh my God. Oh my God. Coming up this week, we already saw one huge mass cull just before lockdown where the girls were cut from 10 to 15 in one night. And this week there will be a second mass culling. Yes, on Wednesday night, the girls will go from eight to five in one hit. I won't say who because I don't want to spoil the show completely for you. I want to leave some excitement and surprise there for you. So you'll have to tune in to find out. I know it's torture. I know that's my job to watch the show. Whereas you guys, on the other hand, are being tortured willingly. How embarrassing for you. (laughs) But also, please keep watching it with me. I don't want to suffer alone. If I have to suffer, then you all do as well. I'm dragging you all down with me. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Bachelor in Paradise has only just ended and I'm still exhausted (laughs) and producers are now already working on the next season. I have some actual names about contestants who have been approached to star on the next one. And I must say, I'm actually not disappointed with their selection. So the rejects from Lockie's season have already expressed their interest in doing Paradise to the producers. I have heard that Zoe Claire, Charlie, Juliet, Laura, Leilani, Maddie, Marg, Rosemary, (laughs) Roxy and Belle have all already expressed their interest to the producers to be cast. So that's pretty much the whole cast that want to do it. Now, returning Paradise stars, we have Patty, Jackson, and Renee. And drum roll, please. This is the biggest draw card, I think, for us. We have our two winners from last year, Chelsea and Carlin, which is very cute. Apparently, Chelsea has already signed on the dotted line. She's confirmed. And just as I was going to record this episode, I was sent a screenshot of an ad that she posted on Facebook advertising to rent her room in Melbourne out from October to December. Now, it doesn't take a genius to join the dots here. We all know that Paradise is filmed for about four weeks over November and December, but keep in mind, she will have to quarantine before and after. So add that in. And the time period matches up perfectly. No coincidence in my eyes. Now, a plot twist we did not see coming. Jamie Doran gets another mention. (laughs) He's here, there, everywhere. He's the super spreader on Instagram. He has told me that he's actually the one who got Chelsea onto paradise. He told me, quote, I set it up. I'm good mates with Chelsea. And I asked her at a party and she said, yes. So I called Channel 10 on her behalf and told them that she was keen. And they said, really? I said, yes, she's 100% in. So then they said, fine, we'll put her on. Hooray. He also then added a side note, a little disclaimer. He said, this was obviously when I was on good terms with Channel 10 and Warner Brothers before Paradise and when they were offering me more shows and stuff. Bless his little Birkenstocks. (laughs) Jamie, he means well. Now, another little tidbit. When I shared the screenshot of Chelsea's room advertisement to my Instagram, one person who seemed very excited over the news was Alex Nation. 
She commented saying, sign me up if so. Such a babe and so lovely. My paradise days are done, but I mean dot, dot, dot. Then in some follow-up comments, she said, with the way it's formatted now, I actually couldn't think of anything worse. Back in my day, which was legit almost five years ago now, it was about finding love over women tearing each other down and toxic masculinity. Don't get me wrong, Fiji with a few legends and a couple of mango daiquiris would be fab, but I would prefer to stay in lockdown. So that's a bit devastating because I would have loved to see them hook up in paradise. Chelsea's also been liking a number of Alex's lingerie and bikini pics. So let's hope that Alex does change her mind because they would make one hot couple watch this space. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. So we know by now that Lockie was a busy, naughty boy before filming. And we can also assume that he was a busy, naughty boy during filming. I am told that he was communicating with the girls during lockdown, mainly on Snapchat, as it was the only social media platform they were allowed to use. He wasn't fair with his time and would message some girls more than others and send some raunchier content to some than others. Very slack. Now, apparently some lucky ladies copped a few nudes. And as previously mentioned on this show, some of the girls sent some back to him. He would have been very hard for him because he would have been like, shit, I've got a FaceTime Bella tonight. Send Irina a dick pic and call Steph back. I mean, very, very busy. But it turns out that 10 girls during lockdown is still not enough for Lockie. He's not just a super spreader. He's a greedy little super spreader. So Lockie was not only sharing himself around the top 10, but also around Perth. I have intel that he was messaging and meeting up with several women on the outside. Lockie is officially the COVID-19 of Bachelors, the CEO of Super Spreaders. He's Kieran 3.0. No wonder COVID is running rampant at the moment. I'm going to tell Kieran to hand the title over stat. Mail him the crown ASAP. So we know that he caught up with Alex from Maths and told her that he had a 12-inch penis. The video is on my Instagram if you haven't seen that yet. It's at Dramatic Podcast. But that still wasn't enough for our CEO, Lockie. I was live monitoring his Instagram activity during lockdown. I think the correct term is surveillancing or stalking maybe. Anyway, we digress. I caught him liking photos of a number of stunning babes in bikinis and lingerie on Instagram, he went on a proper unhinged liking spree. He basically took his love life into his own hands once he was free from the chains of the Channel 10 producers. Now, most of them are not really relevant enough to name there. And there's just, there was too many. There's too many to count. So I'm not going to bother, but there are some girls who are relevant. So I will name those ones now. Keep in mind, (laughs) this is just the tip of the iceberg. There was a lot more so we have Jesse Winter and Cynthia Talu and Francois Drasler from Love Island, as well as Helena Sorzia from The Bachelor and drum roll, pause for dramatic effect, our new bachelorette, Ellie Miles. I have it on good authority that he wasn't just liking Ellie's pics as well. He was also sliding into her DMs. Whoa. When I heard this at the time, Ellie had not yet been announced as the Bachelorette. So that was tea to my ears. 
But wait, there's more. The plot thickens. I have even more intel. Since doing this podcast, a lot of people have contacted me saying that they were also talking to Lockie over Snapchat and Instagram DMs during the COVID lockdown. There were quite a few and the messages were all quite similar. So I've just chosen my favorite two to give you an idea of the kind of messages I got. Witness one, I'm from Perth and I'm sure you've already heard, but Lockie has a huge reputation for being the horny guy from Survivor. He's gotten with three of my mates, two of them during lockdown. Witness two, he's fucked over some girls in Perth during COVID. He's not good at keeping his dick in his pants. Yikes. (laughs) Now, in Lockie's defense, maybe he wasn't sure if the show would be returning as there was some uncertainty at the beginning of lockdown surrounding whether if the show could go ahead. And as we all know, guys have needs. Anyway, to summarize, I have no idea how there wasn't an outbreak of COVID on this show because Lockie is the biggest super spreader of them all in my eyes. I rest my case. Warning. Oh my God. Okay, let's focus. That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. It was a mouthful. I'm sure that you're sick of hearing my voice by now. I hope it was enough drama for you. If you have any requests for people you want me to get on, any specific questions that you want answered, or if you have any juicy gossip for me, funny memes, whatever, keep sliding into my DMs at Dramatic Podcast. I promise I'll get back to you all very soon. If you enjoyed this episode, which I assume is all of you, please subscribe, rate and review. Five stars only, of course. And to all my amazing super spreaders, please keep sharing So Dramatic around more than Lockie in and out of the mansion. If you could please post a screenshot on Instagram, wherever you're listening to the podcast or share the link, text it to a friend, you will be doing Satan's work. If you haven't already, join the Facebook group as soon as possible. That is where the real drama and partying is happening. That is at So Dramatic, the podcast on Facebook. And something to look forward to, I am going to be spoiling you all with another surprise in there once we hit 5,000 members. That is a promise you can hold me to. I can't wait to bring you more Juicy Scoops next episode. I think we will stick to every Friday now moving forward. We seem to be back on track, but again, don't hold me to it. Just to be safe, make sure you've subscribed so you can access the episode as soon as it drops. Thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So Dramatic with Megan Pistetto.